1: N-Y-Y-S-T This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk Swinging
2: for the fences, knock it out the park This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk
1: Christian and Chris, of course S-G-R This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk homie. New York, Yankee Sports Talk Record, rain and shine, grab your shades and umbrellas N-Y-Y-S-T You're hanging with the fellas
0: Welcome back. This is episode 339 of the NYYST podcast. We're presented by NYY News TV. I am your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! I gotta fix this camera here, bro. It's it's in the light there.
2: We already had about 30 technical issues before coming on, so
1: good luck.
0: Let's try to get through this... We'll try to get through this as best as we possibly can. We are uh, not live if you're watching on NYY News TV. This is a premiere, not a live show, uh, because Pete wanted to, uh, you know, you know, everybody's enjoying the uh, 4th of July, but we figured our two options this week were to uh, bang this out on Tuesday night or to wait until after the game was over on Wednesday, and, uh, you know, this this worked better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: So, oh, uh, you know, uh, I hope everybody enjoyed their 4th of July holiday and didn't blow up any extremities. Uh,
1: so, okay. okay. Who
2: the was Yankees. that? Plexco? Didn't that?
0: No, the, he shot himself. Uh, that was Jason. Fierke right. Right. JPP. Okay. And but the Yankees had themselves a good 4th of July. They uh, <clears throat> they took down the Orioles. They won 8 to 4 on Tuesday. That was backed up off of a 6 to 3 win on Monday night, where they came back from a three nothing deficit, so the Yankees have come home. They played a uh, pretty good baseball so far in these two games. After, I guess what you would say is kind of a disappointing uh, road trip, where they're playing two last place teams, and they went three and three.
1: Yeah, it's
2: tough to like when you look in the standings. They really didn't lose anything over those couple ga- games. They could have gained, but. I mean, at the end of the day, this, this series with, with Baltimore, for me, after, after that series against St. Louis, this series for me, like, they went down early yesterday, came back, won, they had a good win today. Uh, you know, if they come out and lose these two games, it, I'm sitting here completely defeated, I think, on this season. I really am.
0: I think they've gone uh, I think they're 13 and 13 now since uh, Judge's injury which is I mean it's kind of would you say best case scenario them being 500 I guess the, they've time, played a they've
2: lot I mean what teams have they played since the, the you know the Seattle series was a good one good one to take Oh, uh, well, since Judge's
0: I mean since Judge's been out I mean you want to look at what they've done so far uh he was injured in the Dodgers in the middle of the Dodgers series They lost two or three to to the Chicago White Sox, who are are shitty. They lost two or three to Boston, who is shitty. They split with the Mets, who are shitty. They got swept by Boston, who is shitty. Then they took two out of three versus Seattle, which, you know, we said last week, they're probably a little bit better than what the record says they are. They took two out of three against Texas, who has come down to earth a little bit, but they're still a pretty good team, and they can definitely hit. And the Yankees pitching staff really did a good job against them. They took two out of three against the worst team possibly ever. And then they lost two out of three to um, uh, St. Louis, Another last place team.
2: So, yeah, I mean, it's been hit or miss. I feel like they haven't capitalized on games that, with or without judge, you should win. And then they've also stolen a couple series where, without judge, it should have been a little more difficult for them to take the series. So, I mean, I mean look, my biggest issue right now with this season and, and, Maybe you feel differently, but, you know, you look at their record, given everything they've gone through, it's really not terrible. This team overall isn't terrible. They're back terrible. 10 over I mean, now.
0: They're back right. 10 over 500.
2: You know, but at the end of the day, it's just like, what, I don't want to walk anymore. Do you feel that? Like, I, we say it time and time again, it's like, when is this team going to get an identity? They just don't have one. Well so really, their identity it, it, is
0: on the, I mean, if you want to be realistic, their identity is on the injury list right now.
2: Oh, well, I guess that's the biggest issue, right? And if you and look at each, them right now. With each now, day that passes, are you more or less optimistic that he comes back?
0: I'm more optimistic that he comes back because uh, he basically shut down having surgery this year, which and he knows that he's going to play through pain. So what he said today made me more optimistic that he'll actually be back this year. I don't know how much we'll see him in right field, to be honest with you. I think he right. might be primarily a dh but I, I think you take that over not having him at all
2: yeah of course especially you know i think it was katie sharp who who tweeted out uh, stanton's numbers i mean there's enough of a sample size now to say that the dude plays much better when he's in the field i mean he's just not a d and maybe he's not a good dh
0: it was in the it was in the uh, St. Louis series. I think I saw the numbers, and it was only a small sample size at the time. I think it was only nine games. But he was hitting two seventy as a DH, whereas he was I mean as a in as an outfielder, whereas he was hitting like a buck seventy or buck eighty. Yeah, but,
2: a DH. But you can now stretch that out over the last X amount of seasons. Now it was a bigger sample size, and it's consistent with that.
0: You know, the Yankees have gone 500 in Judge's absence, is that nobody's really ran away with anything? Everybody's also kind of played 500 baseball, uh, over this last month. The Yankees are currently, uh, they're giving the, the second wild card to Houston. If I'm looking at uh, MLB at bat, they're giving even though they both have 48 and 38 records, the Yankees are two up on Toronto in that final wild card spot, and they're still, I mean, there's seven out in the division because uh, Tampa's lost three in a row, so I mean. You know, it's just when do they get judged back? Because if they, they can stay, if they can get this thing to five and get judged back in early August, they do have a shot of possibly winning the division.
2: Yeah, the more I look at it, the more I have to say I'm not counting them out of the division just yet. I want to see more of a breakaway from, from Toronto at this point. And obviously, you got to keep chipping away. They got to come out and win. What time do they play tomorrow? 7? Uh, seven? Seven. Yeah, 7 o'clock. They got to come out and win tomorrow. I, I know it's I know it's a lot to ask for a sweep, but you got Rodana it's on the four mound. Game, it's, it's,
0: it, it's a four-game series, okay? So uh, Wednesday is only game three of the series. Randy Vasquez right. is going to make the start there. Um, he's announced they're going to call him up. Rodana's not pitching until Friday, which is the opener of the Cubs series.
2: All right, so they pushed him back. I've been a little out of it. Well, they initially did say that
0: he was probably going to make his, his debut on the fifth, but I think they're, they are going to uh, push him. They're pushing him back a couple of days to the seventh there. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at the standings right now, right behind the Yankees are the Blue Jays who are two behind and the angels who are four behind uh, and the angels took a major, major blow today on Tuesday. It was announced that, um, Trout's going to be out probably about eight weeks. He broke the eight bone in his left hand. Yankee fans, remember, that was the injury that cost Andrew Benintendi his season last year. So it's uh, he's going to be out for a long time. And Otani just left the game right before we started recording here. He's got blisters. I don't know how much that would impact him with the bat, but it certainly might knock him out of start, you know, maybe, depending on how they heal. Sometimes pitchers will miss starts with those. But, I mean, other than that, you got the you got to Boston at 43 and 43, Seattle's 42 and 42, and then you go to Cleveland at 41 and 43. I guess really the only other threats, if you even want to call them that, for the wild card. So, you know, it's there for the Yankees to take, you know, to solidify at least a wild card spot. Because even if you look at what I'll judge, you got to say that they can still compete at at, at least at, at a slightly better level than those teams.
2: Yeah. I mean, they need them back. They need him back because obviously. It just... it, again, it it I hate I hate that the Yankees come out and talk about how the playoffs are a crapshoot. But you know, at the end of the day, when you're trying to be as optimistic as possible, given our circumstance, I mean, that's the only thing we have to hang our hats on at this point is that it is a crapshoot that anything could happen, any team could get hot at any time. I. Am I confident in this team right now? No, of course I'm not. You know, do they but do they play good teams well? Yeah, they can. I mean, the Orioles are a good team right now and the Yankees normally have issues with the Orioles when when you know, they need big wins. For some reason, they the Orioles seem to steal some from the Yankees and they've come out playing pretty
1: well. I mean, I don't
0: think the Orioles really starting is- pitching is there yet. I think that's where they're they're lacking.
1: Yeah, for sure. But you know, that I if anything, you know, I don't
2: doubt this team's going to make a wild, win a wild card spot here. I really don't. But at the end of the day, I think it's real this St. Louis series is really going to come back and bite them in the ass. I well, really we'll do. S- I mean, we'll see what happens
0: with, with the St. Louis series. Uh, if, it, if it really is going to uh to harm them, I mean, if they go out here and take three out of four or even sweep a four-game set with the, uh, with the Orioles, I think that kind of erases what happened in St. Louis. Because no one would expect... Yeah, but you know
2: what's killer, that. man? And I think you tweeted it. Garrett Cole goes out and, and shoves six innings to run ball. Uh, you can't lose those games, man. I mean, that's the dirt. If, if
0: my... If I remember the tweet correctly, that's at least the third time this year that he's allowed two or fewer runs, and the Yankees didn't win the game. And Clark Schmidt, how many runs did he give up? Three, which means that since he – and I tweeted this also. I mean, yeah, he, he kind of got lit up there a little bit in that – what was that, that fourth inning when he gave up those two home runs. But still overall, this guy's seventh on your depth chart more or less, right? Would you say if coming yeah, into the season, if everybody's healthy He's seventh on the depth chart. Yes. So let's look at Clark Schmidt right now. So Clark Schmidt on 5-14 against the Rays, he gave up seven earned runs, right? Since then, now he's made nine starts. He's allowed three earned runs or fewer in all nine starts. And only once did he not complete at least five innings.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's phenomenal. But like, when I look at this team, for me to feel good, it's not going to just take wins in the regular season. I got to... I gotta ask myself, what does this team need to to make a serious run in the postseason? Number one is Judge being healthy. He's not yet. Number two is Sevi being effective. He went he regressed right back to looking like a piece of shit the other night. Number three is Rodan being healthy and effective. We, you know, still to see. So maybe those are like regardless of wins or losses here, I need to see something that I can be confident in this team, and I haven't yet.
0: Well, I think there are things that you can be confident about. And that was actually the confident in a
2: sense of, of what's going to put them on the next level, I should say.
0: Oh, don't you think Anthony Volpe having a thousand OPS and all
2: <laughs> Yeah, man. I
0: mean, isn't that something to feel confident about? Yeah, for I sure. Mean, I mean, know, I know that he took an offer today, but still since he, and, and you know, we got it's the, the chicken parm dinner. That's the line right there. Right. Crazy. So since then he's had, he had a thousand OPS coming into the game today. He had the fourth highest OPS in, in, I don't know if it was for all baseball or just the American League since he crazy sat down with uh with Austin Wells that night. So I mean that's something that you gotta look into as, as something to be that's a if he is that player going into the postseason, that is a dynamic game changer sure. for for them that they didn't have last year. This is a guy and his K rate has gone down, his his uh his base is on balls uh percentage, his walk rate has gone up. Um, he's not stealing as much, which is a little concerning because I think once he gets on, he should just be fucking going. But um, still, so those are all things you like to see. And if he's going to, I don't know what the Yankees are going to end up doing, but they, they don't have a lead off hitter right now. And I, I don't see anybody better than him.
2: Well, they here's have- one of my, here's one of my issues with this team. Volpe was sitting, what, eighth, ninth for a while, and he starts to heat up.
0: It's and, just the worst position in the entire lineup. Yeah,
2: and it's like, okay, I get it. He he eventually needs to, but like, can we let him establish this a little longer before we're switching him up in the lineup every single game now? He's creeping up. First of all, he doesn't belong in the middle of the order, okay? If you're going to bat him, not lead off, he should be ninth. I agree with that. There's no other place to put him. I don't know why we're playing games with batting him seventh, eighth, ninth, sixth, wherever they have him. Like you. Let him solidify himself a little bit and then figure out where this guy belongs. I personally, with DJ not being the same guy that we're used to, I want him as a leadoff hitter. I really the do. Yankees,
0: the Yankees don't have a leadoff hitter. They, they have no good options. I mean, look at what they've done in the past month. Rizzo today, I think, hasn't Gleyber Torres let off? We've seen Jake Bowers lead off. We've seen, uh, like, Lola Mayhew's let off. Are, these are not good options. These are just no. not good options. And, uh, I mean, it, it would, would a guy like Volpe, if he can continue to... I don't expect him to carry 1,000 OPS throughout the season, but if he continue, continues to be a guy that is taking good at-bats, works walks, gets on, you know, you know, is getting his hits, and with his speed, that's a, that's something that the Yankees don't have anywhere else from anybody else. So, I mean, I would like to... Like to see them make that, that change there. It could definitely change the <laughs> dynamic of this, of this lineup right now.
1: For sure.
2: And I think we should, I think it's necessary to take a second because I feel like this guy kind of s- slips through the cracks when we talk about the goods. And, you know, he certainly doesn't when we talk about the bad aspects of this team. But Glaber Torres is really having himself a really good season right now
0: i don't i mean think so. he's I think been he's a, having a, a very
2: pretty big you don't he's, think so
0: i don't think he's having a very good season and when i heard boone said that he was actually lobbying for glaber torres to make the all-star team i said i don't know what this guy is watching i mean he had a really good game today but that run that he scored from first base today i know he wasn't know. paying it he wasn't paying attention to what the hell is happening
1: I know the only reason
0: why it worked is because the Orioles were the only people that were asleep more than he was. He didn't look back once to see where the ball was. He was just, he was in complete fuck it mode at that point. I mean, it worked because the Orioles, like I said, the Orioles were kept sleeping. They were sleeping, but I mean, it just, he frustrates me, man. He's hitting 240s, mid sevens, OPS. I mean, he's been okay.
2: I mean, he had a, you know, I guess my, I I guess my, away
0: from him, but I mean,
2: I guess I my know. standards lowered on this team right now because you look up and down the lineup and it's you know you fall asleep just reading it but I mean he's been there he's he's at least shown up he's at least again we can you know we can talk about this again he's at least raises his value up to the point where you'd want him to if you're going to use him as a trade piece I don't know
0: he's definitely not had the he had a better first half last year
1: yeah, but then he fell off the face of the earth.
0: He's kind of not, he, I don't know how to say this. So he's kind of in the hole, you know, like he fell into the grand Canyon, yeah, yeah but he hasn't completely bottomed. Yeah. Like he did, he never did that this year. He's always kind of like, at least kept himself right. up a little bit, but I don't think he's had a, I don't think he's All had right. an all-star worthy of the year. I don't, I don't now, know. Now looking gonna- at
2: the numbers, I agree with you.
0: I know Boone's always got to kind of protect him. You know, Glaber needs his juice box and cupcakes, but I wouldn't, if I'm the manager of the Yankees, I'm not, I'm not petitioning. Like if I'm going to fight for somebody, it's definitely, I'm not looking at Glaber Torres and being like, this is a guy that I got to fight for to make an all-star team.
2: No, I feel like as a Yankee fan, though, watching him play every day, he has come up in big spots, even if his numbers aren't as good as I thought they were. He's been pretty clutch for this team.
0: Has he been the worst part? Has he been the biggest problem on this team? No, and I'll say that. I'll say no,
2: that. not at all.
0: So Garrett. So while briefly, the Yankees did get two All Stars. Obviously, Judge was voted in as a, as a starter. He's not going to play. Bonder Franco is going to take his spot, uh, and Garrett Cole did make the All Star team. So it's just Cole and Judge, uh, and I don't really think anybody else is, is worthy. Uh, Just some numbers on Cole. He's made 17 starts this year. He's allowed three earned runs or fewer, 14 times. He's only uh, gotten knocked out before the fifth once. And he's only allowed 10 home runs this year and 17 starts. I mean, yeah. that's pretty damn good, especially considering uh, the year that he had last year. So I think he's, he's definitely... Wor- last year, I didn't think he deserved it. This year, I definitely think Eric Cole's deserved to make the All-Star team.
2: What was the one game, uh, Tampa Bay? What? That shit game. Was that the one game he got knocked out early?
0: Oh, actually, uh, it was the uh, Texas game in the he, in, in the right one, in, the, in the Texas series. The pre- start previous.
2: I mean, the dude's got a
1: a two seven nine ERA. He's what eight and two, I believe.
0: But the problem is, as I tweeted, also let's. It's actually the fourth time. The Yankees have lost four games this year where Garrett Cole has allowed two runs or fewer.
1: That's a problem.
0: Those are games that you absolutely put in your back pocket as wins when he goes out there and he gives you those types of performances.
2: Yeah, it's a big problem. You can't lose those games with your ace on the mound.
0: Uh, Also, uh, the Yankees lost one of those games, which was on Sunday. We're just going to kind of bounce around a little bit here. Uh, on Sunday, because Jordan Montgomery actually out-dueled, uh, uh Garrett Cole, and it would, the, the joke going around is that the Yankees still don't score runs when Jordan Montgomery is on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I, you know, you know, dude, we've always kind of busted each other's balls about this. I was always more of a Monty supporter than you were, even though you you claim that you don't hate Monty. Uh, I love Monty long time, more times. Um, longtime fans of the show know differently. Um, look, so this is, this was like a big talking point, you know, Monday was, uh, you know, the Harrison Bader trade because Bader wasn't healthy, uh, when they were in St. Louis last year, now he is. And then Bader had that big home run on Monday night to break the tie. You know, you look back at that trade hindsight being what it is. If that trades on your table again, to make it, are you still making the trade?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think I was never on that train until someone kind of brought it into a better context for me, and, and and you know made me realize that trade was made for the postseason. And as good as Jordan Montgomery was, well, you can argue Jordan Montgomery was the best best fifth starter in baseball when he was here. But at the end of the day, you know if you're building this team properly
1: he shouldn't see the late day in October. Right. And, uh, you know,
0: <clears throat> somebody uh, had said that, uh, one of the, one of the hosts on WFAN said, Oh, I wouldn't, I, if I could go back, I wouldn't make that deal. And then, you know, I, I, I you know, you tweet these at the opportune moments and I tweeted it right after he hit the home run. And I said, 10 out of 10 times, you, you always make the Bader for Montgomery trade. And, you know, you may, you, you say it at that point because you know it's going to get more traction because he just hit a home big home run. But even before that, I felt that that's a trade the Yankees needed to make, and I still feel that that was a trade the Yankees needed to make. The, the big perplexing thing about that trade is why make it when Harrison Bader's in a walking boot, and you know he's not going to play for you for another six weeks or whatever it ended up turning out to be. And also, you know – I thought that trade was contingent on them making another trade, which they ended up not pulling the trigger, right? On, cause they were, they were apparently in on Pablo Lopez and they couldn't cross the T's and got the I's on that. Right? right. But still at the end of the day, if you're looking at this, right. And you're saying to yourself, you know, cause people in the, in the comments on that Twitter are arguing that Monty's a third starter. He's not a third starter. He's not supposed to be. He shouldn't anyway, be a, on this a third team. starter. No, he shouldn't be. Montgomery always got moved up because of injuries and, and, and ineffectiveness, which is a credit to him because outside of him having Tommy John surgery, he's always taking the ball every five days. So, I mean, that's, yes. that's a quality in and of itself. And he's always, you know, you a, a typical Monty star was two to three runs, five to six innings, and those are perfect starts. That's why we're saying, like, if Clark Schmidt goes out there and gives me three over five every time, you you sign for it. You know, you, you sign that in blood. Yeah, because that's that's, you know, like we said, right now, he's the fifth starter. He's seventh on the depth chart. Those are things you take out of those those types of guys. Right. So Monty will give you two to three over five to six. You sign for that every time because he's supposed to be a back end of rotation type of guy. And the Yankees won out there and whether and we're not going to get into whether or not this was a smart move, but they went out there and they acquired Frankie Montas to put behind Garrett Cole. Then they were trying to get Pablo Lopez. So at that point, Montgomery becomes expendable. And then you don't want at the last year, the Yankees didn't want Aaron Judge playing as much center field as they did. So they need to go out there and get a guy that could play center field. And, you know, I think Bader's Bader's hitting like 370 since he's been a Yankee with runners in scoring position. So he's he's rising to the occasion in important spots. And then we, you watch this guy play. And granted, he's had two injuries already this year. So you don't like the health aspect of it. But is this guy not the one I mean seriously in our lifetimes as Yankee fans. he's is not the best defensive center fielder we've seen. No knock on Bernie Williams. If Bernie Williams his natural athletic ability made him a good center fielder, but he's not what Harrison Bader is.
2: No. Harrison Bader for me in, in, from what I can remember um I'm sure there's be- you know people thought me there's better defenders out there in the outfield. But from what I've been exposed to and seen you know, a decent amount
1: of. Harrison Bader might be the best defensive outfielder I've seen play. I mean, he's that good. I
0: mean, you know, any I, I can't look back at that trade and say that's one the Yankees would want back because I don't feel that way. I think even going into this year, the way things have broken out, would you rather have Monty than, you know, Herman and Schmidt and Vasquez and Brito. I guess you could say that, but I mean, look at where this team would be. The Yankees' record, I don't know what it is exactly, but their record with Harrison Bader in the lineup is fucking tremendous compared to when it's not. Like, they're a real piss poor team when Harrison Bader doesn't play compared to when he does. You know, he's, believe it or not, like, I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but he's almost got the same type of effect on this lineup in terms of wins and losses as Aaron Judge does, which is amazing to think about.
1: I'm going to uh, grind it for it's quick. Uh, yeah,
2: and, and every time every time you look at the box score, man, in, in big games, especially when they're down, like you said, he rises to the occasion. He's been stepping up in big spots.
0: I mean, you just look at this Orioles series alone, big three-run home, home run to break the tie on Monday night, and then today, I think it, uh, he had the, that two-run double that really put the game away. I think they were up four to three or five to three at the time. Right, 5-3 after the Trevino home run, and then he he hit the two-run double, which iced the game. So, I mean, Bader's been tremendous. I mean, it's just the one thing you worry about him is if he's going to pull something and and miss three or four weeks, which is the knock on him, which, I mean, we'll talk about this at a different time, is whether you worry about whether or not you want him to sign him long-term. But, I mean, as far as the short-term, for two guys that were on the same exact contract... I think it was it was of all the things we knocked Brian Cashman about, this is not this is not going to be one of them.
2: No, for sure. Uh, I mean, this year alone, I could tell you they're twenty six and twelve
1: when he's in the lineup.
0: Exactly, that's the type of impact that you would think Aaron Judge has on this team. Like it's crazy.
1: That's pretty good.
0: Fourteen games over five hundred when Harrison Bader plays, which is crazy. It's it's insane. So. And I mean, just look at this series alone. Look at what has gone on in left field. With IK, and this is not a knock on IKF; it really isn't, because I truly admire IKF for what he's done this year. He's kept his mouth shut and has done whatever the Yankees have asked him to do to try to help this team, which is a commendable thing. Because a lot of guys uh, would would bitch and complain about it, but he's not an outfielder, and we saw that yesterday on two specific plays where he didn't make where he didn't make a play where uh, you know a legitimate outfielder does then today in between the Hicks home run and the Frazier home run, Oswaldo Cabrera completely misreads the ball. Uh, That ball falls in, right? That's a play that a seasoned outfielder makes. So yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take back the Harrison Bader trade.
2: What I say they were 26 and 12 and their last
1: year, he, you know, 14 games, 10 and four. There you go. He has a so twenty games impact. over five hundred.
0: Has a significant impact on this team, so you can't take that away from him. And as much as I love Monty, I don't. He doesn't have that, or didn't have that, same impact on the Yankees. No. Oh, we did. We did mention somebody. I did throw his name in there, just kind of matter of factly there, and and that's Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks made his return to Yankee Stadium uh, on Monday. And believe it or not, Aaron Hicks has more home runs in uh, more hits, excuse me, as a Yank as an Oriole in Yankee Stadium in 2023 than he does as a Yankee.
1: Which tells you all you need to know. Oh.
0: Right. And look, man, look, nobody's ripped Aaron Hicks more than I have, right? And I just gotta say this because I think it's it's ridiculous. Like Stop! You're crying, and this is not directed at Aaron Hicks because Aaron Hicks wants to point at the sky and he wants to feel real good about himself after that home run today. That's fine. I don't, you know, the fans have been on you while you were here. They're giving you a hard time now. This, this series, you want to kind of give us an fu? That's fine. I don't care. That's that's perfectly within your right. But the actual Yankee fans that are like crying, like how could we, how could we still boo Aaron Hicks? How could we boo a tribute video to Aaron Hicks? First of all, why are we doing a tribute video to Aaron Hicks?
2: Yeah, I what don't doing, get it. I just don't get it.
0: What are we looping? The, the Minnesota catch and the Justin Verlander home run over and over again?
1: Like,
2: yeah, I don't get that aspect of it.
0: I know. I get it. He was here a long time. But th- this is one of those things where we talk about where, where with the Yankees. like They're just told, tone deaf. Like, smarter Yankees. Play an Aaron Hicks tribute video. What did you think the fans were going to do? Do you think the fans were going to give this guy
1: a standing ovation after that video? No, you know what it is? It is smart. Because
2: you have to remember something.
0: They were trolling him so he would get booed
2: more? No, they, they fall back on two narratives. And you have to keep this in mind throughout the season. The first narrative is, if we were healthy, so on and so forth. The second narrative is the fans suck and no one no one can perform here because of the fans. So they had an opportunity to expose how how awful the fans are, right? And they fucking jumped on it. And they knew, they knew very well how, how what the reaction was going to be and they used that as fuel. I mean, the Yankee fans treated Domingo Herman pretty good
0: uh, after Monday's game, even though he didn't pitch very well. He still got a standing ovation leaving the friggin' mound.
1: Oh, listen. Jesus. I mean, listen, well, if, if you want to go, if you want to go down this road, do
2: I think Yankee fans are fucking obnoxious? Yeah, yeah. Have I been obnoxious? Of course. That's part of playing here, right? But at the end of the day, if people would just stop and break down what the boos are, if I'm, it, look, would I sit there and boo a tribute video, video to Hicks? No, I'd be sitting there going, why are why am I watching this right now? That would be the only thought in my head. I wouldn't even have the energy. I wouldn't even give him the energy to boo, right? I'd be sitting there saying, why the fuck am I watching this? But at the end of the day, if I were going to boo, it's not booing at Aaron Hicks, I'm booing at the Yankees front office for keeping him here for so fucking long and then deciding to throw that video up there. Our frustrations are the real fans. The frustrations are not at an individual level at this point. Like, yeah, do we fucking hate Aaron Hicks as an individual? Yeah, I fucking couldn't stand him here. But at the end of the day, if he helped this team win, that's all I care about.
0: I Think for me, what it came down to with Aaron Hicks is his inability to to realize that he wasn't good. That's or what to take
1: accountability to. for anything,
0: right? And I heard Kay, I, th- I believe I heard Kay say that the other day that this was a team full of accountability. I'm like, well, what are you? What are you watching?
2: There's, a, there's team, maybe two or three guys.
0: There's. We talked about this last week. It's pretty much Judge Stanton and Cole. Those are the only three guys that like. St- Take accountability for what's happening, you know. This is this is what people feel to realize, and I think Cole Case uh, uh, said this is like I could understand if Hicks dogged it here, if to get this type of reaction. Michael, who watches more games than you do, this is literally your job to watch this team. Dogged it.
1: I have to pull up the video of him staring at the wall. I mean, I didn't hear him say that. Thank God. I didn't uh, either, but man, they, you, you didn't, want to you know, talk the, about dogged
0: Do You know the account awful announcing. You ever seen no, it's a it's a account on Twitter that like kind of posts like clips of uh, announcers saying things like that, and uh, oh, I'd seen it. I'm like, I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man! And it's like not even that he dogged it. It's just that he was very he was just a delusional individual, where like you know, a, and after that game, Aaron Boone protects him. Get some out of there. And then he's taking shots at Aaron Boone. You know, I don't know what my role is. Well, I know what your role is. It's just, just, wait for your name to be called. Like, if he could have, like, that's the difference between him and IKF. IKF just decided that, hey, what I was brought here to do wasn't working. So I'm going to do what the team is asking me to do. And I'm not going to say anything in the media about it. Where Aaron Hicks is... uh, took the complete opposite approach where he thought that he deserved to still be a starter, even though he was terrible. And then he decided to tell the media that he should still be a starter despite not being good anymore. So I think that's where my frustration lies in. And then I would hope that a lot of the fans have that same type of would have that same type of frustration that it's because he was just, he just didn't get it. Yeah. If he would, if he would, you know, (coughs) <coughs> if there's anybody like I would feel bad for about getting booed, it'd be Joey Gallo. Like the, his exit interview wasn't great. I'll grant him that where he was kind of taking a couple of shots here and there, but like Joey Gallo didn't really say anything obnoxious while I was here. It just wasn't good. No, I mean, but if Hicks, that if Hicks was just here and not good, that's one thing, but like, don't add gasoline to the fire by opening your mouth and making comments about shit and making it worse.
2: No, but that kind of proves my point with Gallo, right? Gallo was fucking terrible. But at the end of the day, those those few comments in the exit interview went a long way. They probably made more of an impact than they normally would have. But but why? I mean, why do we hold why are we holding on to these things? And for two reasons. One Because in my opinion, until this team wins a championship or at least a pennant, I think the fan base has every right to be frustrated at every little thing they want to be. That's the first thing. And the second thing is the accountability aspect that you talked about. If it were just Aaron Hicks, that's one thing. But it's not. It goes from the top down, from when you listen to Hal, to Cashman, to Boone, then to Hicks, then then to Joey Gallo's exit interview. That's the frustration, man. If it were just isolated to Aaron Hicks, you'd say, look, he's he's different than than the other players. We want him out of here. And then he's gone, and you forget about him. But we can't forget about Aaron Hicks. You want to know why? For two reasons. One, because we still get the same bullshit from everyone else above him in this organization. And two, he's playing much better for the Orioles. And it just makes us resent this Front office, even more, or this the philosophy within the organization.
0: I don't care what he does with the Orioles, dude. It's just it was time for him to go. And people absolutely people want to hang on to always hitting 260 as an Oriole. Great, I don't care. I hope he hits. I couldn't care
2: less. Me too.
0: And oh, why are we still booing Hicks? Well, this is why we're booing Hicks because it's a lot of Hicks represents a lot of frustration with both him as an individual, Exactly. exactly the point, and him what he represents. Uh, what he represented here as a Yankee. So, I mean, Hicks dug his own grave with some of the things that he said. And also he rep, he, he just, he represents a lot of what fans are frustrated about. Exactly.
2: My point. It's not about the individual at this point. It's about what he brings with him. It, he brings all the frustrations, all the things we're frustrated about. We, we, he's synonymous with losing seasons. And by losing seasons, I mean, not winning a fucking world series, which apparently that has you know that definition has changed in in the front office it, he brings in the, you know no accountability all these things so that's why that's why he gets booed that's why we don't know why the fuck you're
1: giving him a tribute video
0: yeah i mean that was just i mean honestly that was senseless when i saw that i you know so the yankees opened up that that can of worms there. They wanted the guy. I mean, honestly, they wanted the guy to get booed, whether or not they're trying to push a narrative that we're, that we suck yeah. as fans, or they just wanted to troll Aaron Hicks. They had to know. Like the decision maker on that had to have known that that was not going to end up well for Aaron Hicks. Like Aaron Hicks wasn't going to get a hero's welcome and come and tip his cap to the fans after that video was played. Like they had to have known that. Yes. I mean, and, 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 In, I mean, unless
1: they, you're doing that. Unless you're just, uh, I was just saying, unless you're just that out of touch, which I can't believe.
0: Uh, that I don't, believe I mean, I, I honestly don't believe that they didn't know that. I mean, there's, there's certain things that I believe that they, they're oblivious to, but that one, I can't believe that they would be oblivious to. No. So there is, there, there's a fun hypothetical that I posted about on social media and I wanted to get your take on it here. Right. So it's the season of the trade calculators. I've seen, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, Machado's value because of the contract is like minus 146 or some shit like that. Okay. So somebody posted on, on Twitter and I really hope that they were being sarcastic, but you never know because people think that these trade calculators are God's Bible. Uh, and it was like Juan Soto and uh, Machado for Anthony Volpe. And it was actually like a slight overpay for somebody like by a point or two. So I'm mm. saying to myself, like, why are we doing this? But anyway, it did bring up an interesting topic that I wanted to talk about right here. And I know, and people, this is the problem with social media. People just can't play the game. Like, we're it's a hypothetical question. It's a, game. It's a hypothetical question for you as a Yankee fan. We're not taking into account what the Padres need or want. It's a hypothetical question for you, what you would do, right? And when I phrase it like this, it means that they that obviously the Padres would want him if they're asking for him, right? So let's say the Padres call up the Yankees. Would you say that left field is probably the biggest hole that the Yankees need to fill at this point?
1: It's not even a question.
0: Hey, Juan Soto would, go, would be probably the best-case scenario of them filling that hole? Yes. Okay, so let's say that the Padres, they're – They're cashing in the season. They're like, listen, whatever it is that we tried to build here is just not working. Let's try to get some assets back, blah, 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 whatever. Right. They call up the Yankees. Hey, Brian, I don't, I think AJ Preller's the GM out in San Diego. Let's say he calls up Brian. He said, Brian, listen, no, you need a left fielder. Photos on the table. We're willing to move them. But back to us has to be headlined by Anthony Volpe. If you're Brian Cashman, do you continue the conversation? Or you hang up the phone.
2: All right. So now you're asking me if I'm Brian Cashman.
0: Yankees GM, because I know you're going to get this thing in your head where you're going to act like Brian. If you are the Yankees general manager. So,
2: so it's me answering. I, I, I will definitely entertain it. I'll say that. I'm definitely not hanging up the phone immediately. Brian Cashman is. We can just get that out of the way right now. But if I'm in Brian Cashman's role, I'm I'm definitely entertaining it.
0: Want to hear what maybe the rest of the package is if Soto's will in the talk extension? But the, the Volpe is not a deal breaker for you.
2: Um, when you're talking about a return of Juan Soto,
0: a year and a half of Juan Soto, a no guarantee of the extension. But let's just say that's the that's what they want. They want the package to be headlined by Anthony Volpe. They basically want. The headline to be Anthony Volpe traded for Juan Soto. That's what they want to see on the ESPN ticker.
2: Now we go back to last week when you talked about Judge. And this is why I said Judge being healthy or not wouldn't come into play because the Yankees aren't going to entertain a a huge deal like this. But in a huge deal like this where there's a timestamp of a year and a half and you're giving up a huge asset like Anthony Volpe, I need to know if Judge is coming
1: back this year.
0: Back this year, I just told you. He's playing this year. Wow. Well, no, he's going to play right field, but he'll be, he'll be in the lineup.
1: I don't know, man. We'll get two
0: what, playoff runs out of Juan Soto. I'm guaranteed two playoff runs with him.
2: I'd say I, I have to look at all the money I have out there. If I'm being a good GM, I have to look at the money I just gave to Judge. The money I I have on the table um, out there for coal, um, I have to look at the window that's rapidly closing, and I have to make the move that that
1: maximizes their prime. And in that case, I hate to say it, but I probably make the deal. I
2: probably do, because I because. These next two seasons, for the money I've already put out there as a general manager, I need to w- secure something in the next two years. Right. And I don't think, and I, and when you're talking about a guy like Juan Soto, he's a, he's a,
1: he's a, he's a name big enough to put you over the top. So I'd have to, I'd have to really consider it.
0: I mean, honestly, dude, it would be hard. It would really be hard to just hang up the phone at that point. I would, I would definitely want to have a conversation about it. Because, I mean, think about it like this. We're, we, we're lobbying for Oswald Peraza to be on this team, right? So you got to look at it like that, too. What makes the Yankees better, on Soto and Oswald Peraza or just Anthony Volpe? Right. So,
1: right. It's not a question.
0: See, that is the type of move, honestly, that's the type of move that takes a lot of guts and a lot of balls to make, but it's also the type of move that you make when you're serious. When you are really dead serious about trying to win a championship, that's a move that you make. You trade Anthony Volpe for Juan Soto, and you're not replacing him with IMF. You have to feel pain in some you Brian Cashman's biggest problem is that he doesn't want to feel pain in any of the trades. Correct. He just wants he wants to feel pain afterwards because they don't fucking work out, but when he signs the, the paperwork he doesn't want to feel pain. He doesn't want to have that instant regret when he 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 makes the little squiggle of the N in right. the Cashman. Like when the pen lifts off the paper he doesn't want to have that instant regret. Right. That would be a trade where you would have instant regret. I don't care if you're the biggest Volpe fan in the world or you're not. Uh, I should say I don't care how you might not even want Anthony Volpe on the Yankees. You might just think that this three four week spin is is a flash in the pan and he's really a 180 hitter. That's still a trade where if you saw as soon as the pen lifts off the paper, you have instant regret that you made that trade. That is this the right move. But that's a serious maneuver right there. Honestly, as much as I would hate to see Anthony Volpe be traded, if the Yankees pulled off a move where it was Volpe for Soto, ancillary pieces included, but it was basically Volpe for Soto, I would honestly sit back and say they're fucking serious for the first time in a real long time right now.
2: Well, yeah, because what that does instantly is it it, it exposes – the fact that you understand there's only a couple of years to, to really make a move with this team which is why i was against selling at the deadline because i still think you you have to work around what you've already spent
0: i don't think they're they're definitely not selling
2: and and the second thing is for the first time in a while it puts a lot of pressure on cashman it really does i mean what you're essentially doing at that point is saying i'm giving up the f- the future with the risk of us winning it all in the next two years, we have two years to do it.
0: That is, a, that is a trade, man. Like I'm thinking about this. Like if that, if you saw, you woke up on tomorrow morning, just say hypothetically, and you saw that trade would go down. Your heart would sink. Absolutely. Because you don't want Volpe to go, but as a split second later, you would be excited. You would honestly be excited by that trade. You, your heart, you would, your heart would sink. And then it automatically it would rise back up because you'd be pumped up that the Yankees are going for it this year.
2: And here's the thing that Cashman and Hal don't understand. Like you're going to get your people who, who rip you. Right. And you're of course going to get the fans who in a couple of years, it doesn't work out. Volby becomes a star and brings a championship here that are going to say you made the wrong move. But at the end of the day, when you have realistic fans, you know, rational fans sit back and say was this move at least the move that showed that the front office was serious about winning at the end of the day that's all you you know hindsight's always 2020 but at the end of the day if you can hang your hat up and say at least ownership cared like this is the move that that proves that to me you know that's why all these Mets fans are ripping Cohen for them sucking and he spent all this money and I was, you know, I was talking to a Met fan the other day, like talking, Rip and Verlander and the Scherzer deal and all that. Like, But dude, when they got him, were they not the best players still in baseball, the best pitchers in baseball? I mean, Verlander's coming off Cy Young. You know, we know, we know better than any fan base that spending a bunch of money obnoxiously doesn't necessarily translate into, into World Series, you know, wins or runs or whatever. But at the end of the day, what I would give to, to have that feeling back that my front office only cares about winning it all, man, this is the move that kind of makes me feel that way again.
0: Yeah, I mean, any Yankee fan that says that, and there was plenty of them. You know, that we got a lot of interaction. You know, there was a lot of people that said yes, they would hang up the phone immediately. And I'm just I'm saying to myself, like, you can't. If you're dead serious about winning a World Series and that trade came across your table as a Yankee GM, you cannot hang up the phone. You can maybe say that after that point, they're asking for too much. You know, that's fine. And you could say, we're going to walk away from it. But you can't just say on the surface, Volpe for Soto, that you would not at least continue the conversation because I think you'd have to. You'd have to hear what else was involved in a trade. And if it was just and it was just minor bit pieces and the trade was just basically soto for Volpe, how do you honestly? And this is coming from a huge Anthony Volpe guy. How do you walk away from that if you're the Yankees or a Yankee fan? Yeah. Honestly, like if we learned this is what this is. A, this was why this is such an intriguing thing. And I don't care about the San Diego Padres perspective of it because I'm not a Padre fan and I'm not running a Padre podcast. <coughs> I'm a Yankee fan and we have a Yankee podcast. So I'm looking at things from a Yankee perspective to make you think, to make you, you know, say, hey, this is a really intriguing conversation. Like, how do you walk away from Volpe for Soto? How do you do that? If you're if you are on the Yankee side, how do you do that? Now, if I, if you found out like the three weeks after the trade deadline, that trade was on the table and Cashman said no to it. I don't know how I would feel. At one point, I'd be mad. I'd be like, listen, Soto fills such a hole and we have somebody to take Volpe's spot. But at the same time, like, I want the Yankees to, to grow with Volpe, right? I, I want that. No, don't you? But so yeah, that's why this is such like an, an intriguing conversation to me.
2: Well, we're emotionally
1: invested, but imagine this is how we feel about Volpe batting what? 210? You, you cut out.
2: What'd you say? I
0: think he's up to like 220 now in that area.
1: Come on.
2: He was just saying
1: no for today. I don't Uh, think he's uh, that. Look
0: at the box scores. He might have gone down a little bit because, like I said, he took an offer, but he's currently batting uh, 222. Wow. He was just at 211
2: the other day. Dude, like five
0: consecutive multi hit games.
2: Imagine. Imagine he's batting closer to 300. He's been consistent all year. And then we have to have this conversation. This is chicken, We're, we're
1: talking he, about him where he, he didn't exist
2: for three weeks.
0: Okay, so he's chicken parm Anthony Volpe all, all year long.
2: It's even tougher, but again, it doesn't change my because my answer is not based off of his performance thus far. I I have a lot of faith in Anthony Volpe, and I think he's going to be a tremendous baseball player. I really do. I just don't know if right now waiting for by the time we wait for all of that to to come to fruition without a left fielder without a guy like Soto adding a guy like Soto to this lineup I don't think Anthony Volpe alone does anything for us that's my answer
0: yeah I mean you'd have to look at the combination of Soto and Peraza versus Volpe in IKF or Volpe and Oswaldo Cabrera I mean look at it dude You. Yeah. I mean, you, this is why it's so wild because it's one of those trades where if it happens you're upset and happy. And if it doesn't happen and you learn that it could have happened, you're also upset and happy.
1: Like, well,
0: I don't want to lose Volpe, but at the same time, dude, to get if that's the piece for Soto, I mean, come on.
2: You also have to take into account these last few games have really exposed what a liability it is to have Absolutely. an infielder playing left field. Yes.
0: I mean, just exactly. I said that earlier. Look at the two ga- these two Baltimore games. And look at the runs the Yankees and extra
2: outs the Yankees have a good hitting team in Baltimore because they have infielders playing the outfield. And that's no knock on IKF or anyone who's going out there and trying to
1: get things done. It's just the the facts here.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, man. I mean, you know, I wish we were live. So just for this conversation to see what the chat would be saying. Yeah. Uh, You know, based on that tweet, man, there are, there are a lot of mixed reactions. A lot of people are saying, no, I'd hang up immediately. And a lot of people are saying what we're saying. It's like, yeah, I mean, for Juan Soto, and that's the biggest hole the Yankees have right now, the trade you have to explore.
1: And Absolutely. I ignore people
0: that are like, the Padres don't need another shortstop. I don't care. That's not <laughs> the game we're playing here. Okay. What we're doing, it's. Trying to make you think as a Yankee fan. Like, you know, think think a little bit, guys. Okay. Oh, uh, you guys will be listening to this on Apple Podcast and uh, watching on NYY News TV Wednesday before uh, game three of this series. The Yankees already announced that uh, uh, Randy Vasquez is coming up to make the start, and then uh, Luis Severino is going to pitch on Thursday in the finale, and he just got fucking obliterated in St. Louis. So anything that you felt about him after that Texas game, where I think, what did he go, six scoreless maybe? Mm -hmm. Where you thought maybe Seve was back? He's not back. I mean, he's not. And I don't know if this is a real overreaction to that start, but I tweeted it, and I'm sticking to it days later. I don't even entertain bringing him back next year.
1: As of right now, you can't.
0: And then I mean, Friday's the game that we're all looking at. I mean, it's a very, it's the game we've been waiting for for uh, three months now. And no, it's not Luis Severino bobblehead night. I mean, <laughs> it is, but I mean, at that point, whatever fireworks you have left over uh from the Fourth of July celebration, you might as well put in <laughs> the Seve the Sevy bobblehead box and, and light that shit up. But yeah. it's Carlos Rodon's debut as a New York Yankee. So uh since we're not gonna talk uh on this show before uh that start, obviously, like give me like uh what are you expecting out of Rodon in this start? Give me like a you know, like a base of what you're kind of expecting from him.
2: Very short leash. I think Boone said seventy pitches seventy five. um, I don't know how well a guy like Rodon is gonna pitch under those circumstances, knowing you have such a short leash um but i but I think he's gonna pitch well. I, I'm gonna go four plus, maybe uh four and two thirds, maybe he makes it into the fifth. I'd say zero to one earned runs I, th- I think he holds it down
0: let's say this you wake you watch the game you know Friday night he comes out with uh, two runners on in the fifth uh, so he's going four and two thirds gives up three runs got the strikeout pitch working but he's a little rusty so you want to say three earned over four and two thirds six K's three walks are you coming away feeling encouraged or you're like this was a mistake signing this guy I'm
2: not feeling encouraged but I'm not feeling discouraged at all uh, you know I'm just going to take it for what it is. It's almost to me, this is almost training like a spring start. training yeah. game. Yeah. I just need to see that he's got some zip. I need to see that his mechanics look good and that more most importantly he feels comfortable the next day and that he's going to keep progressing.
0: It almost uh, you hate to say this for a team that's that's fighting for a third wild card right now and we're in early July, but if the you almost take the result and throw it out the window with him if the stuff looks good, if the stuff looks good, you feel good about him going. Forward.
2: And he feels good the next day. Yeah,
0: I mean, if you Saturday morning you feel that it's just normal post-start soreness and everything continues from there, uh, then you feel pretty good. But if he, you know, if he the fastball's in the low 90s, he's got no bite on that slider. That's shit to then worry about. But yes. But, you know, like we said, he might, he's probably going to be rusty. He's probably going to give up some hits if that's the case, but the stuff looks good mid nineties with the fastball. He's got good bite on the slider and he just, you know, he's walking guys missing location just because of rust. I mean, that's the type of shit that you're going to be looking for. And you're still yep. rolled down. So, I mean, you hate to say it, but if you lose that game because he doesn't go deep or he gives up some runs, you kind of just have to ignore it because his health and his stuff is more important. And I, I, I I hate even saying this, but his health and his stuff is more important than the win on on Friday.
2: Yeah, but it'd be nice.
0: It would be nice. I'm not saying lose the game, but uh, if they lose, you know, if they lose, they'll like, take if, the win. If lo- they lose four to two, and Rodon gives up all four runs, but his stuff looks really good. He just you know got hit around because he's he's a little rusty. I think you feel pretty good going you know yes. going forward. And we're going to feel pretty good if we see you out in the Audi Club on September 23rd. Tickets see. are still still available for NYY News TV Day 2023 Part Two, which will be uh, Aaron Judge Bobblehead Day, which is a uh, a collection. It's the second part of the collection, so you have to go on August 20th because uh, they're giving out Roger Maris' as bobblehead. Wow, now it's going to be 61. And then you pair it next to Aaron judges, uh, which will be for 62. So it's a, it's a set that you have to get, Okay. Uh, but also you're going to come there and hang out in the Audi club and show with us and show with everybody from NYY news TV. Okay? okay. And if you're listening on Apple podcasts, please leave us a five-star rating and review. And even though we're not live, you're watching us on NYY news TV, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. So we'll be on later in the week. This week, Chris won't be here He'll be enjoying a nice vacation with his family, but yeah, the, the The podcast will be back mid, uh, you know, either Wednesday or Thursday. We're still working on a time uh, and date because it's the all-star break. The Yankees will be approaching um, the end of the first half with this Cubs series. And then they'll enjoy a few days off before they're in Colorado. So uh, we'll be back, uh, you know, either Wednesday or Thursday. So follow us on NYYST underscore podcast. And when we have the time and date, we'll... We'll tweet it there. So we want to thank everybody for uh, their continued support of NYYST and NYY News TV. We hope everybody had a great and safe 4th of July. And uh, we want to thank everybody for listening and watching episode 339 of the NYYST podcast. Chris, say goodbye.